Ladies and gentlemen, pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the payoff. Jeff, we're talking about Edge and the Hardys. I can't tell if it's 2020 or 2000 that we're talking about. Still in the news all these years later, man. This is Tom Healy, and as always, I am joined by you, my co-host, Jeffrey Ryan. Jeff, how are you feeling about this match? Uh, can't forget about the uh, the Dudley boys either, of course. We'll definitely uh, get to them. They're part of, probably one of my favorite parts of this match, but uh, doing good so far. Uh, we're uh, within the week of Mania at this point, and so uh, the road felt long, but it's uh, it's definitely uh, for certain days have felt longer than others, but uh, we are on uh, the end of the road at this point. So I'm it's, it's so funny because for years, I mean, I feel like for the last like three to five years now, there's been this constant talk about, hey, what if WrestleMania was was two nights and well i guess now it is <laughs> not on it. purpose but yes we are getting 10 hours of mania or, or eight hours over two nights as opposed to that uh eight hour uh marathon that we get well, and, and if everything is to be believed it has been recorded by now so who knows like you know uh if it'll leak out beforehand you know i, I know you and i both we miss the uh the stage or the arena setup photos like right about now is when we'd be getting you know have already seen the leaks of what the arena is going to look like and we'd be excited so it's kind of sad missing out on that but looking uh, at the seating charts trying yep, to find good exactly. deals on tickets looking at what's going to be where the entrance comes down we're it, working it, the stub hub yep i i have i have more fun in the days leading up to these big events, looking at tickets and looking for pictures of the set, we had Royal Rumble out here last year in Phoenix, okay? Mm-hmm. And we there's this restaurant that they have in left field. So we like snuck into, you know, we got into the restaurant, we like snuck over to this corner. They had blinds because we were looking for like the Royal Rumble set. And like you could kind of peek in like in this yep. like crease in there. It was, it was pretty funny. So now yeah, we just like bought a beer and like mosey on over there and tried to see it but you know you find stuff online you find some of the arena or stadium workers posting stuff and yeah i I, i'm i'm gonna miss it so but the beauty is i don't think uh wrestlemania is gonna cease to happen in big venues we're we're already planning on la next year i guess It'll it'll only be bigger next time, and so that, that's. I mean, we had ordered hats too. We were we were that excited. So we had um, you know hats. We, we have LA to look forward to. So, yeah, I know. So we, we got you know fans could spot us, but you know what? Yeah, like you said, LA. We got something to look forward to, so that's exciting. So, um, right. you know, of course, yeah. All right, yeah. No, we're, we're missing. We're, we're you know enjoying the good times here. But of course, as always, you know, we always tell you, give us those five stars on Apple. Co- our, you know, wow, Apple Podcast. Spread the word about the show. Just make sure you're subscribing wherever you're listening to. You know, you know where to. Find find us on social media. It's at payoff pod hasn't changed since day one. You can always find us there. So, um, Tom, what else you got for everybody? 
Yeah, thanks for uh, the continued support. You know, the, the show continues to grow. We continue to pick up new listeners all over the world. So we appreciate the support on social media. We appreciate you listening, downloading, uh, giving us the five stars, chatting us up on social media. It all means a lot to us. And you know the three rules. We don't talk current product. We work hard to bring you fresh information, unique takes on these classic matches. And ultimately, we try to have some fun because the world needs more fun these days. And uh, it's funny, you know, we're not here to talk about the current product, but lo and behold, we're talking about Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, Edge. <laughs> Again, it's crazy that this was 20 years ago, yet, you know, a couple of these players are doing big things still on the national stage. So just wild to think about, man. You know, you go back and you watch this match, which, which I'm excited to do because I have not seen it in a long time. And you see what these guys put their body through and the fact that, you know, three are still really active performers. I guess, a, you know, fourth might still be around working a little bit. And uh, the two other guys probably could go work a match if they needed to. So um, it's glad that uh, these guys have, uh, you know, been able to withstand the punishment they put them through during this era and uh, are still moving around fine and in most cases still working matches. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and that's one of those, like, you know, who would have thought, you know, 20 years later, here we are and the biggest pop in probably the last six months was when Edge returned. So, um, but we'll get there. And so it's exciting stuff. But of course, as always, like, you know, here at the payoff, we give you that deep dive into a match every Monday, every single Monday, you can look forward to us being here. And of course, we got those three parts, the build, the payoff, the aftermath. We know, you know what they're all about. We know what they're all about. That's the good stuff. So um, Sherry, you know, those reviews, we we got some good ones this time, um, as well as our scores. So um, it, we've kind of hinted at it a little bit, Tom, but I'll start with like why I wanted to talk about this match. I think you said it a little bit. Um, like, it really, like these guys for, you know, their early part of their career for this match, like they had been around a little bit, but, um, you know, to think that this is what they did and just how long really all of them have kind of reinvented themselves and stayed relevant to the business. And, um, you know, some of them more so than, you know, I, I don't want to say more so than others, but some of them still very out there, very forefront of what's happening in wrestling. And so, I think this one's important, especially just with everything with Matt Hardy and AEW now and, um, you know, Edge, you know, in his match and all that stuff. I think it's more important than ever that we talk about this one and kind of, you know, where they came from and their beginnings and things like that. How about you? Yeah, I don't have much to add to that because that was pretty much what I thought too. I mean, I love seeing some of these old ladder matches and TLC matches and, you know, will they hold up, right? I mean, 20 years later, you know, we're so used to, uh, you know, these big spots and we've seemingly seen it all. So does this match hold up? You know, how's the psychology on it? Was it a spot fest? And then, yeah, just thinking about this massive, incredible comeback from Edge, which so far it's, you know, a lot of what's happening in wrestling now has not been executed too well. I'd say the edge return has been perfect up to this point. Mm -hmm. um, Hardy, he's going to get to go back. You know, Matt Hardy's going to go back to, you know, being able to be creative, which he should be because obviously there was nothing for him in New York, as they say. And Jeff Hardy, man, the ultimate story of redemption. Can he, you know, really stay clean and stay healthy and have another run in him? And, and where could he go? I mean, at one point he was a world champion and fans just love the guy. So again, given where things are right now, what a fun match to go back and watch 
literally 20 years after the fact, and we still have these guys around. So this should be a really fun one. And I, I think with that, let's just jump right into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So here we are. It's Anaheim. California. We're in a small little arena, so we're not doing the uh, big stadium thing. April 2nd, 2000, 20,000 inside the uh, Arrowhead Pond. And uh, the tagline for this event, and and Jeff, I, I, I remember it sucking. And 20 years later, I still remember it sucking. A McMahon in every corner. It was terrible. And I'm not saying that 2020. I'm not like, you know, being critical of the product, I remember at the time thinking, this is WrestleMania 2000. I don't know how well you remember this, but WrestleMania 2000 was like, that, that was, that's what it was called, right? So it wasn't WrestleMania 16. It was WrestleMania 2000. They made a massive deal about it. And they had this, this thing on pay-per-view, and I'm sure you obviously had to pay extra for it. But they, that day, they did, re, not replays, but like highlight reels of all the old WrestleManias, which I mean, as a you know, sixteen-year-old, because I'm the same age as WrestleMania, I dug. I thought it was awesome, so I locked myself down in the basement all day. I started at you know nine a.m., ten a.m., whatever it was, and it was like half-hour snippets. And I, I don't know if it was in equal increments, but you would watch highlights of that. Now, some of our younger fans and and many of you are probably thinking, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, the big deal was we didn't have the network back then. We didn't have YouTube back then. I had probably all the tapes and I had seen all the shows and, you know, but, but to, to relive Hulk and Andre, you, you didn't do it all the time. You didn't see the slam every single week because it was part of the, you know, intro and reliving some of those moments and just spending all day really immersed in WrestleMania history was for me at 16 years old was just absolutely awesome. It was a blast. So I just remember that day because you, there's all the nostalgia of all the classic WrestleMania moments and, you know, hanging out and watching all that stuff when you really didn't was just awesome. That being said, it was in stark contrast to what we were getting, which, and I'll go through it, was a pretty shitty WrestleMania overall. So they were building it up of like, and you remember WrestleMania 20 was really built up as well. Masses for Garden, it all begins again. We, we've covered that a little bit. But this was, at the time, built like WrestleMania 10 and then WrestleMania 20 would be as this massive thing. And, and obviously the year 2000. So they, they, really, they really built this up as being this massive, biggest WrestleMania ever. Not that they don't every year. But here's the problem with it. Where's Hulk Hogan? Where's Stone Cold Steve Austin? Where's Shawn Michaels? You know, and the list goes on. Hell, where's, you know, The Undertaker, right? I mean, this was a really weird show. And so, obviously, it's not all their fault, but I'm just saying that the, you know, the names that you would think aren't there. And so, they, you spend all day getting excited. They build this thing up, and I'm just going to run through the card. Now, here, here's what's interesting, and Jeff, I don't know, you know, I'm sure you obviously looked at the card ahead of time, but... Did you notice how many tag team matches are on this? 
Yeah, and especially compared to like, you know, previous weeks when we've looked at Manias and it's sort of like, you know, 16 singles matches, that's a lot of multi-person matches on this card, which it's, you know, and you're going to say it weird when one of the only singles match is the women's match and a hardcore Holly match, which, yeah, just well, that No, but that wasn't. That was a battle royal for the uh, hardcore championship. Oh, that's right. He so, won, though, but it, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He right. lasted. Yeah, so I'll get to that. So um, we start off Even with the tax yeah i know we start so we start out with a tag match big boss man and bull buchanan defeating godfather and d'lo brown think about some of the greatest openers in wrestlemania history you have obviously brett and owen you have the aj shane mcmahon match um edge defended his world title against uh, albert del rio and what at the time was his last match we have other classic opening matches right we're Mm -hmm. obviously probably leaving a lot out but we get this. I mean, what a terrible open to the show. Okay. Nine minute tag match, you know, comedy, not, I mean, it wasn't even for a title or anything. Then you have this hardcore battle Royal hardcore. Holly wins it last, uh, defeating crash Holly. Then TNA Albert and test, uh, accompanied by Trish Stratus, who that was early on. And whew, when she debuted, my God, um, she would defeat, or they would defeat uh, Head Cheese, which is Al Snow and Steve Blackman. Another tag match. So you've tag match, battle royal, tag match. Then the match we're going to cover this triangle ladder match, which obviously was phenomenal. Um, after that, a little, you know, cool him down a little bit after you brought him up. We have Terry Runnels accompanied by Fabulous Moolah defeating the Cat. So we have a singles match, but it's really a cat fight with Val Venus, a special guest referee that took two minutes. Then we have a six-person intergender tag match, Jeff. China and Too Cool defeating the Radicals. Great. You know, we bring in these Radicals, Malenko, Guerrero, Saturn, and we have them losing to China and Too Cool. Awesome. Yep. Got it. Okay. Benoit, uh, Jericho, and Angle are in a triple threat two-fall match for both the Intercontinental and then European Championship. If you remember, Kurt Angle was the Eurocontinental Champion, which was fantastic. They had a really good match. This triple threat match was really good. Then Kane and Rikishi, accompanied with Paul Bear, defeat, and I use this term loosely, Degeneration X. It was Road Dog and X-Pac with Tori. I forgot how watered down DX was later on. That in this match, for those of you are unaware, it was barely a four-minute match. Which yeah, it's just buffer before the main event. It's your it be, barely had the bathroom match at that point. Yeah. And then finally, we get this McMahon in every corner, fatal four-way elimination match, thirty-six minutes long. Triple H, the heel, first time in WrestleMania history, the heel winning, I'm sorry, uh, the heel going over in the main event. There had been retentions before. Um, defeats The Rock, Mick Foley, and Big Show. Yeah. The match sucked. Um, it was way too long. The four-way thing didn't work. The McMahon in every corner didn't work. Mick Foley who had retired a month and a half prior back for this match just sucked. He wasn't planning on wrestling. He admittedly was not in good shape. He missed that elbow drop off the top to the outside. It was just sloppy. And then, you know, look, I I applaud them for doing something different with putting a heel over, but it just, 
it sucked. It needed like, you know, a happy ending and we didn't yeah. even get it. Of course, a month later, the rock ends up winning the title anyways, after all that. That's, what, that's what, what are your thoughts on this card? You got to bring back Linda McMahon. Maybe that's the problem. We need that. <laughs> we don't like the authority figure, but maybe that's the problem is, is Linda's been gone too long. So she needs to, or, you know, claim her champion, whatever it is. Yeah, like looking at this, and I think you said at the very beginning, I think it's super interesting. We always talk about the Undertaker streak. He didn't wrestle on this card. <laughs> so, yes, I get the streak is him being undefeated, but if you're looking at him being like, what was, you know, and I need to dig a little bit more, but at this time, like the, you know, the Undertaker not being on the card. Like just weird. And the best you've got is like this McMahon, like, you know, and this was, yeah, like I was in high school when all this was happening. So this is when I was like watching every week. I wouldn't miss anything. You know, I'd record, you know, Nitro on one, you know, and then watch on the other. Like, yeah, just, and so, um, but boy, like this was, this was, you know, getting to be like the peak of it too. Like, you know, people were turning, tuning in no matter what, but man, like retrospect, like looking back on this card 20 years later, it was bad. Yeah, it's it really bad. <laughs> just an absolute garbage WrestleMania. And again, you know, without looking who else may have been on the roster at the time, the reality is, is what else are you going to do? I mean, yeah. the, the, the four-way sucked at the end. I mean, you know, I'd say maybe you, you do Rock, Triple H, one-on-one with The Rock winning and, and a happy ending. That might help things a little bit. I mean, they had had some good matches. They had that IC title uh, ladder match that was awesome. So, you know, there might be something you can do there. But other words, otherwise, you just look at this card and you're like, I, I, I don't I mean... Would you have booked Bull Buchanan differently? Would it have mattered? I mean, there's just not a lot there at this time um interestingly enough remember this is this is the year before wcw would be purchased so you know there was still some talent in the wrestling business that was over in wcw at the time but just just wild man and and obviously you know, with Stone Cold being out, that's just a massive, massive gap during this era. The other thing I observed too, Jeff, is, you know, the McMahons. I, you forget how heavily they were involved in storylines for so long. You know, just yep. using our WrestleManias, right? So 14, the Austin era begins. At that point, McMahon's a heel, right? He had just screwed Brett. So you have 14, 15, this is 16. 17 was Shane and Vince. Um, you know, 18, 19. I mean, they were still wrestling. The You know, the McMahons were still wrestling and involved. I mean, so that was like a five-year stretch where, you know, at various times, Linda, Shane, Steph, and Vince were all intertwined, working matches, you know, a heavy, heavily part of this whole product. Yeah, so, and there's just some some of that. There's just a level of involvement. Like, you know, it's one of those, like, what if type things, which we'll never know. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So that's it, man. That's, uh, that's what I got. Um, from a storyline standpoint, talk to us about how we got to this match. Cause I know there's, you know, obviously some variations of this that occurred before. And I got some thoughts on that here in a second, but how do we get to the three way between these three teams? Yeah, so I got, you know, I, I like just kind of, you know, giving the rewind, if you will, and kind of letting people know, you know, given the dates and things like that. So, of course, this WrestleMania was April 2nd. So, say, so, you know, of 2000, yeah, just straight up 2000. Um, 
what we have is back in January, we had some singles matches with these tag teams. You had Jeff Hardy was taking on Bubba Ray Dudley in a match. Um, and, and, and after that, the, the Dudleys, both Devon and um, Bubba Ray, attacked the Hardys. And so, and it started with then um, uh, the powerbombing Matt uh, on top of a table. Um, so you had that going. So then the following or a couple of days later, it was SmackDown. You had Matt against Devon. So the opposite partners, um, you know, things again, everybody kind of brawling once again, like, uh, trying to set up for the power bomb through a table. Um, but again, this time you had a Bubba Ray going through the table, just, a lot of this had some back and forth, but um, at the end of that month, that January, it was actually a Royal Rumble. The Hardys beat the Dudleys in a tag team tables match. It was just the two teams at that point. So um, it, what happened is then the following night, the Dudleys, or it, it gave the, um, the Dudleys wanted to kind of show respect and they kind of come out and they, and, and they would help them defeat the new age, new age outlaws. But what happened was they wanted a tag shot. It's just a lot of back and forth. Like, and it was kind of the story. It was very kind of straight line and how I'm explaining it is like different people got involved at different times and different people doing different things. But um, by the end of it, it was kind of, it, it was kind of very straight line in regards to you could see where it was going. Yeah. The, the two tags had a very simple back and forth with different partners and kind of some backstabbing and things happening there. Uh, the Dudleys, of course, turning on the Hardys. So the Outlaws retaining their type, just all these different things. And so, you know, you, you kind of had that happen. So now, of course, how Edge and Christian become involved in this, um, them coming out to support, support the Hardy boys, um, of course, the Dudleys, you know, Edge and Christian go through tape. It's just a lot of going through tables in this one. And so uh, it's really, you know, the only way to kind of say is there, there was a lot of tables that were burned at this point. And so uh, you're kind of going through that. And so it was actually um, Devon defeated Edge and Jeff Hardy to earn a shot at the WWF Tag Team Championship at No Way Out. And so they had a feud again. The New Age Outlaws were kind of sidebar on this, which is kind of odd to think about because of like you know they were you know Degeneration X and doing all this different stuff. But um, you kind of had all this back and forth, and so the, the their match kind of set up a number one contender, and just everybody kind of feuding with each other led to this match becoming what it was, and all of these groups being involved with one another. And so, um, and the tables, ladders, chairs part of this, it just made sense with really them. Uh, there was stack tables, of course, just them really in essence, just kicking the crap out of each other. That's really all it boiled down to. Yeah. It's a to, good, good culmination of what we were getting in the weeks leading up to it. It made sense. Yeah. And, and just to, just to add a few things, you know, we had that no mercy ladder match between the Hardys and edge and Christian, which was at the time, just like a, holy shit. Now be a fun one to cover at some point. Yeah. Um, so, so that kind of, you know, laid the foundation of, Hey, these teams are, there's such a rivalry that we need to incorporate ladders. Then you have the Dudleys coming in with the tables. Eventually they would call it tables, ladders, chairs, TLC. Um, but at this time it's just a three-way ladder match that, obviously had a whole bunch of plunder. So, you know, we have a lot more to talk about. We'll obviously talk about it during the match. Um, but, you know, great recap. A lot of stuff happening here. You saw it coming, but that doesn't mean it was a bad thing. Sometimes the obvious builds are, are the best ones. Mm -hmm. So 
this was a, you know, this is what a gimmick match is for. It's for a blow off big time storyline, not because we have a pay-per-view to put on in two weeks. So these guys can put be in a ladder match. So this was done right. It was a really solid build. For those of you that want to watch it with us, we're going to be at the one hour and two minute mark, WrestleMania 2000 on the WWE Network. Again, that's the one hour, two minute mark. For those that are watching elsewhere, it's when the Dudleys are being announced and all three teams are about to brawl right after that. So, um, Jeff, with that being said, let's get to... The payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. All right, here we are. WrestleMania 2000. Let's go ahead and throw this on mute, but we'll play some sound at some point as well. Dudley's coming to the ring. Jeff, which of these three teams were your favorite at this time? I was hoping you were going to ask me that. Oh, okay. I, I actually... Um, I was the biggest fan of the Dudley boys. Me too. Um, I, I think it was just the, I'm going to guess because of you and a little bit of the ECW. Correct. Uh, but for me, it was, I, it was the whole table gimmick of them. And so, and I think it was because they were doing some of this stuff that I, at least at the time I felt, you know, while you had the wrestling, like just the, the hardcore of what they were trying to do was better. So that was my opinion. Yeah, ironically, I like the Dudleys the best, then I like the Hardys, and then Edge and Christian the least. Um, which is, you know, of course, retrospect, it's funny kind of looking back on that and what we got here. So uh, it's stark contrast for those of you not kind of watching at home with us. Um, this is one where, of course, we covered like Razor and Sean, and that was one ladder. Uh, they've got multiple ladders around the ring kind of coming up the aisle way as well, too. And so um, I, definitely the evolution of the ladder match at this point, just a lot more happening um, that got them to this point where they have that. A lot of brawling happening right now, both inside and outside of the ring. All the tag teams kind of uh, interchanging and kind of uh, you know trading blows, which is kind of fun to see. Just a, I say a hot start, which is always good. Well, and it's in st- such stark contrast to everything else on this show because uh, you know half this show was comedy. A lot of it sucked. Then... You had this match, and you had a, a really great three-way for the uh, Intercontinental and European Championship. So, weird show. And you got this match. So, and we kind of went through it, but this match was fourth on the card. So, it was very unassuming. Like, and we're, I mean, we're barely an hour in. Like, not, yeah. you know, and we started at an hour two. And so, like, us being in this match at the point we are, like, you wouldn't have really thought that this match would have been what it was. Because, like you said, right before it was, um, you know, TNA defeating Head Cheese. Uh, you did forget about Chester McCheeserton. You can't forget about that and the guy in the cheese outfit. Um, and so that was just terrible. And the match after this was the cat fight and Val Venus is the special guest referee. And so it was, you know, looking at the card and kind of, you know, it, you wouldn't have known when this was coming, but it was very just unassuming. Like the fans are all kind of in their seats. Nobody's really standing. Like we've got a couple ladders in the ring right now, but you know, nobody's really climbed or anything. Nothing's really happened. It's just, it's just odd, you know? So they, they did the, uh, they obviously, they did a TLC match later on uh, this, this year. And then the following year at WrestleMania 17, they did 
another TLC match. So kind of a, a rematch to this third match in the, the trilogy, if you will. In general, I mean, do you love rematches, hate rematches, or it just depends? Good question. Uh, this is one I, I was very much a fan of when they ended the automatic or they announced that they were ending the automatic rematch clause um, because I do think it kind of, oh, and so that was at Chris or Christian running right into a ladder. And so now we're getting them physical with the ladders. Uh, Edge just getting run over. The Hardy Boys holding both ends of the ladder um, and then taking out uh, Edge. Um, yeah, I think that it did hurt for a long time, like that automatic rematch, because we just keep seeing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like it, it was just super annoying. You got Jeff well, holding down Devon right now, Matt going up top. It, so, yeah, I, I, I'm glad we still get it now, but I wish we didn't. Well, and the reason I ask is, you know, I, I've, I've read a lot and heard a lot about how Vince McMahon, at least at WrestleMania is concerned, hates rematches. Right. Yes. Like that's why you never saw Hogan Warrior 2. You never saw Hogan Savage 2. Right. I mean, some of these great matches, you never got them again, really ever in a lot of cases, but certainly not at WrestleMania. And so I, I don't I don't mind them. Right? Like I have no problem with these guys doing three matches. They were all incredible. Jeff missing a 450 onto a ladder. Missing a 450 yeah. onto a ladder. His leg kind of lands like in the middle. But he gets pops right back up. Just another day for Jeff Hardy. Um, I know. Yeah. Um, in, yeah. In regards to that and the kind of rematch and things like that, I think that, and it's just part of what you and Brutal. I are. Yeah. At least what I want is it, it should make sense. I think you and I have had this conversation a little bit, especially recently, that, oh, and there's a. Oh. Yeah, who's Bubba kind of uh, backsplash onto? I don't even know who's underneath the ladder. Christian, no, that's Jeff. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I think it's one of those where if it doesn't make sense, like I think what was it most recently the the pay per view that it just didn't make sense for the oh like the Hell in a Cell like it didn't make sense it was yeah. Hell in a Cell it didn't make sense to be a Hell in a Cell match. That's how all these theme these themes are, and I understand you have to you know sell network subscriptions, but. You know, we have ladder matches because, oh, it's June and it's time for Money in the Bank or whatever. And it's just, yeah. it's really frustrating. Bring back balls of fire, Vince, you coward. But anyways. Um, so when, uh, God, it's great so far. Leg yeah. drop there. I mean, well, they're not a lot, lot of stop. Not high, not high spots, but a lot of just rough action at this point. Like they're really so, going at each other. So here's a question for you. So, you, you know, we obviously have six guys in there. We have three teams, pretty, you know, lot of action so far do you prefer like eight guys in a money in the bank match or do you prefer three teams like this um i thought the tag so going off of like kind of recent history because nothing's kind of coming on devon or uh, who's a bubba ray actually has the ladder on his head now and he's kind of spinning around and hitting everybody um Going off of more more recent, like the elimination chamber and the tag, doing tags in elimination chamber, I thought was really good. Me too. So I I'm think just thinking this as I'm watching it. I'm like, this to me is way better than when you have eight singles guys in a ladder match and they're doing all kinds of like spots. You know, like if I see that seven guys like huddling up and one guy jumping and somehow knocking them all out over it. Like I hate that stuff. Like this to me, like right now you have some teamwork with like Christian and Edge. And it just makes sense, right? Like versus yeah. singles. I, I, this, I, I never really noticed it, but I think the, the tags, like two tags or three tags or even six in the elimination chamber, I just think it, it makes a little bit more sense. I really like it. 
and I think it all boils down to you got to use like the stipulations properly. You got Christian now going up to trying to go up to the ladder, nowhere near the center of the ring, but still climbing out. You got who's this Matt and Bubba Ray outside Christian jumping out to the outside. There's the camera flashes that we love. Um, everybody laid out on the outside. Now Christian Bubba Ray and Matt. Um, yeah, I think it's just using the stipulations properly. Like there should be some stakes to it. And I think, you know, granted what's happening in the world and it, you know, WWE not acknowledging it doesn't help anything, um, you know, for some of these builds on some of these. So there's the first, uh, edge spear from the turnbuckle to Jeff Hardy. Um, yeah. That was great. Just good stuff. So, um, just and that's when Jeff was on the ladder, not the iconic spear. We'll get there. So, um, you know, it got that. But yeah, I think it's just using the stipulations correctly. Agreed. Yeah. So, I, so this, this tag thing's pretty good. Um, you know, one thing I noticed when Edge and Christian came out, Edge has had two because remember he used that song as a singles guy too. Mm-hmm. He's had two really good theme songs in his career. This was uh, that was like a sit down razor's edge by Matt Hardy. That was awesome. There's the over the the camera above the ring look now, too. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just good. No, but I was saying Edge Edge had two awesome theme songs, yeah. Well, and did you buy? I forgot about the you think you know me, like I mean, that was a pretty cool song, and then you know, obviously, his current one I I think is fantastic. Did you think I know what you're about to ask me? Did you buy the albums? Did I buy a CD of wrestling entrance songs? Yeah, let's let's call you're asking me. Let's call it what it is for maybe some of our younger fans. Yeah. Of course I did. And and why do you think I bought them? Because we all needed entrance songs to play on the boom box for the Backyard Wrestling Federation that I You would have to. Yeah. Oh, there's a a Bubba Ray punching Christian or yeah, Christian in the ass. That was interesting. Oh yeah. Um, We had, we had the anthologies or whatever they called them. And I remember around this time. Yeah. Cause we all, we all picked a song and that's what we came out to. I came out to Triple H's song at this point. You had to go. uh, This is going to be good. good. So Bubba's got him in a diamond. Holy shit. Off the top. Yeah, off the top Di- of the ladder. Bubba just did a diamond cutter to Christian off the top of the ladder. Okay, so we're about 10 minutes in right now. We've still got about probably another oh, 10. stop it with the spoilers. No, but I'm saying this match, I, my brother and I talk about this a lot. This is, um, sometimes it takes matches like a wild, as we like to say, to get cooking. Like, you know, and I feel like that's a lot of times like WWE matches nowadays, like just when they're starting to get good, they're over. Okay. So, so uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just said, so this is one where they are still going. So you got Matt and Jeff now going up to the top of the ladders, fans standing up, Bubba laid out in the middle. You got the leg drop and just the, the frog splash onto Bubba laid out. Yeah. And it's one of those where, you know, and that's why, you know, New Japan, yes, it's not for everybody because a 60-minute match all the time can be very, you know, it's tough. But if you can get it cooking right, that that's the way to go. And so this is one where, they're, in my opinion, they're already cooking pretty good on this one. Well, and look, I know I do this every, you know, every couple of weeks and I, and I, I know that I, you know, I'll get some flack for it. But compared to some of the stuff that we see now, to me, this is not a spot fest. Like, this is a good flowing match that just has a lot of high-impact moves. You know, this isn't – I mean, you haven't seen them, like, setting up for gymnastics. 
Boom. Double yeah. superplex off the top of the ladder on the D-bar. <laughs> but, I mean, that wasn't like a setup spot. It was just – I mean, it was like – right? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? There's a yeah, lot more absolutely. of a flow to this. They're all out right now. Nobody's jumping back up. They're not setting up the next, you know, gymnastics move. Just yeah, six I, guys have had the shit kicked out of them already. And some of that, I think – you know, and we know sometimes that just looks bad. And there's been a lot of matches, especially lately, where it's just like, okay, you're just waiting on things to happen. Like it just, um, and it doesn't look right. So we're getting again, um, two. And this was before uh, looking at the kind of ladders that they have right now. Uh, this is at least before the introduction of the multi sized ladders. I do want to point that out a little bit too. Oh, they're all the same size. These are all probably what, about eight feet, I'd say. Because they're yeah. all, yeah, that's fine. Well, that's, de- oh, you and me, ladder experts. And so, yeah, that's definitely an eight footer in there. Well, I'm like, just eyeing it down because you got six feet guys that are two rungs up. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, again, moves cool. just, well, so that, and that was, so they're kind of back, you know, throwing each other kind of backwards off the ladders and stuff. Um, everybody just kind of laid out. It, it, that was rough too because you almost clipped the ropes on that one too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you're um, falling backwards. It's got to be tough. Like, and this is too, like, you know, them getting out. So the fans still, most of them still kind of sitting at this point. But uh, you had a couple spots, though, where they've at least kind of shown the, uh, uh, shown to get a little bit more involved and stand up, which is always nice. So um, it's moving kind of slow at this point. So that's okay. Um, this is sneak. This is one of the sneaky worst WrestleManias. Yeah, that would be interesting for us to have a longer conversation. I'm not saying ever, but I'm saying in this era, right? Like, I mean, some of the early WrestleMania sucked except for one match. I get that. It was a different era. But during this era, this is just bad. I mean, the following year was 17. It was maybe the best one ever. So you got people, everybody's climbing ladders. Now you got three ladders in the ring. You got everybody is at least about three, four, five steps up on the ladder. And just kind of camera flashes going off. Like, just, oh, there goes one ladder with... Christian and Jeff falling to the outside of the ring. Um, yeah, just things happening. And that, like the camera angle didn't even catch that. So then you've got Matt and Edge now, the ladder getting pushed over and they falling on the top rope, of course. Uh, All six on the ground. Dude, now now you see everyone standing. Now everyone's standing going crazy. Like, oh, six, Singing at a higher pitch after that one. That's for sure. Dude, that so. spot. I forget which two flew out of the ring that way. It was Jeff, Jeff Christian and Christian. And Jeff. If it's crazier than most other spots, it's probably Jeff. Let's just call it what it is. So, um, and him being out there, just doing the same crazy shit for as long as he's done. So now you've got the uh, the Dudleys both, I say, standing tall, barely standing in the ring. Yeah, getting ready to climb the ladder. Everyone's going crazy. Hey, let me hit you with uh, something real quick. How good is Edge? Yeah, I think that um, good Like, for super him. underrated, right? Like, promos, yeah. in-ring work, great tag worker. His single stuff, especially against The Undertaker and really against a lot of guys, I mean, he was phenomenal. Really great heat or, you know, heel with the Lita stuff. Like, dude, I mean, he's just – I forgot how good he was. Yeah, it was a 3D to edge. So the Dudley's powering up now. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think like props to him. And it's really great to see him back and able to be out there. You can tell. I would hope here comes the tables for the first time now. Yeah, keep um, edge special. Don't don't work him on TV. You know, I want him to stay healthy. I heard he signed a three-year contract, man. I hope he stays healthy and has three years of some big matches. You know, any more, man. And you heard like Daniel Bryan wants to scale back 
dude, these guys don't ha- I know someone has to work TV and we have to fill TV time. Dude, I'm fine with Brock and Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton and Edge and 20 other guys, you know, not call them part-timers, call them whatever you want. I just don't need to see them wrestle in meaningless matches. Keep mm-hmm. them off the house shows. It's not a big part of your business anymore. Make them special. Maybe you give Daniel Bryan six or eight just kick-ass pay-per-view matches a year. Maybe a little bit of TV stuff, mostly out of the ring. Cut them, cut promos. Great. Well, and I and I think I said on a, an episode a long time ago of, and I get there's too many belts right now, and there is. But no, there, there's three times as many belts as there should be. Too many doesn't cover it. But I do think so. Now you've got two ladders set up. They're setting the Dudleys are putting a table across the two of them in the center of the ring with the belts still kind of hanging over the center here. Um, I had said again, but I think like introduce a legends belt. I think that's the way that you can kind of have them. We can still see them. I think it wouldn't necessarily interrupt the flow of you know some of these other tag teams and like okay that's fine. Like Goldberg doesn't need you know the universal title right now. He would never be in that picture. So you could still have a different storyline going on if you had that belt. And like you can use the the legends term. You know you can it's Vince. You can do whatever you want. But like okay so like the Undertaker like he's probably never going to win a belt again. Like. I would love to see him. And like you've said multiple times, like win it, lay it down and walk away. Um, we got a lot of, a lot of hardware in the ring right now with ladders, tables, and, so we have uh, no chairs, two, two table. I'm sorry. Three, three tables. tables and three ladders in there right now. Two setup tables. Yeah, there we go. And so, um, yeah, but I think that's like one route they could go in order to keep, like you said, some of these people engaged and okay, Daniel Bryant, like, like, why push if he doesn't wants to have a part-time schedule and doesn't want to work as much okay then that's fine like bring him back you know let him do a couple months stint and then have him leave again but like i think just like and i get like the other argument of like you know try and write you know a week or you know as much wrestling as they do every week and keep it consistent and keep a product like as good as it is well you know relatively good lately um like even back like this stuff, like the build for this was a couple of months. Like we don't even get that anymore. Oh, Spanish so, announced. I, I, I remember what comes here and this is just absolutely vicious. So we've got, uh, Bubba's Bubba got Ray, Matt, Matt. Uh, uh, he's they're standing on the Spanish table. There's another table set up next to it. Devon go taking a oh, missing and going through a table. Watch this. And then just a huge power bomb through the table. He was great. Like just his kind of demeanor in the ring. I remember always thinking that he was crazy. I heard his stuff in TNA was really good too. I I haven't seen any of it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's underrated just how good he is. And so that's what I know, especially seeing like some of his tweets. I know sometimes he catches flack for a lot of them and kind of defending some of the things that happen. But at the same time, I I, I like the guy. I think that, you know, he's got the perspective that obviously none of the rest of us will have. I saw him in a ring of honor show um, with my brother and a couple friends. And he was, he, there was a table spot in that and he was actually handing pieces of the table out. Um, and he was kind of, he was playing up the heel angle. He was being an asshole to like people at the, at the, uh, autograph signing before the show, like giving people a hard time. Like, I'm not going to sign your shit doing all this other stuff. Oh, it's a throwing the ladder at Jeff. You can tell from the yeah. green hair. Do you, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? That this feels more like a street fight that has tables and ladders as opposed to the spot fests that you see now. Yes. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is like, hey, these these six guys are trying to absolutely 
decimate each other. There just yes. happens to be weapons around and you have to climb a ladder. Oh my. So here comes the big boy. We've got the big ladder now uh, in the aisle way. So I haven't, seen, I haven't seen this match in years. And what I forget is what happened in this one and what happened in some of their other ones. So I'm, that's why I'm like somewhat surprised. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. That's great. So he's setting that up. One of my favorite things for the WrestleManias is I love watching the vignettes at the beginning on like the history of wrestling. I just love the opening like, you know, montages that they do. Uh, this one was really mm-hmm. good if you, if you have a chance. But it's just even if you took five minutes and just, you know, per show and just watch the opening ones, they were all awesome in their own way, man. Even going back to like the early ones. You and I have said it multiple times. Like, we'll share some of those videos that they post on YouTube and even like some of the documentaries. Some of those documentaries are some of like, are like the behind the scenes stuff are some of the better produced stuff like in any industry. I mean, you, you, under, you understand that the production team in terms of, you know, highlights, vignettes, montages, I mean, they're exponentially better than the NFL or any professional sports league. I mean, they're incredible what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is like that team. And I don't think that team gets enough credit for what they do. So here comes the spot. Jeff Hardy taking his shirt off. You have Devon or excuse me, Bubba Ray laid out on a table. This is the, the, uh, what is it? What are we looking at about a 12, 13 footer there. You and I should know. Oh gosh. Uh, that, yeah. It's at least double the size of him. He's probably six feet tall. It's, it's gotta be a 12 foot ladder. So climbing up to the top I, I, of on commentary, they said it was a 20 foot ladder. And so Jeff's down at the very, very top of the ladder. Of Dude, course. look at that shot. How good of a visual is that? In the iconic Swanton killing himself in the process, the ref running in to check on him. Um, so good. And then Bubba Ray still laid out in between the splayed table, just being dead. And, and, this, so, yeah. and these guys are still wrestling. Right. 20 years later. Yeah, after that, like, we know, like, what they put themselves through. And this is, we overlook, too, we see the ring bell laying next to Jeff. This was after um, Edge had hit, or Christian had taken someone out with the ring bell as well, too. So just, you <laughs> can't overlook that. Just all the different angles here for the spot. The camera flash is already going off like crazy. God, I miss that. Like, just that moment where the, yeah. the cameras go insane. We're back in the ring now. Oh, that's right. There's a whole other match still happening. We can't forget about that. And we have this crazy setup still where nothing has happened with the ladders, um, you know, kind of in that crazy table setup and the, the, you know, the pommel horse type style. So, um, and everybody kind of clawing their way back into the ring here. So Lillian sung the national anthem at the beginning of the show. Dude, I mm-hmm. forgot the fact that she, I mean, she's basically been around the wrestling business for over 20 years. I don't know why. Just when I saw her, I'm like, she's been around that long. A lot of them. Yeah. And, like, and I know not consistently, but you know, she has her podcast now and she still pops up and she was on raw for years and stuff. It's just crazy coming back for things. And some of these guys like Jeff and Matt have been performing like this whole time. Like, yeah, even when they weren't in the WWE or F they were still performing. Right. And same with like Bubba Ray, um, you know, and, and kind of, you know, and doing what they do. So now you've got, who is this? We have Matt and uh, Christian, Christian standing on the table, kind of trying not to break it. You got edge climbing up the side here as well, too. Um, this just looks crazy. Like this is one of those where oh, trying to stand up and grab the belts no, oh! through the table. 
destroyed uh, that the was table. out there. But Edge and Christian standing there now, pulling the belts down for the victory. There you go. Hey, I got a question for you. If sure. Edge grabbed one title and Devon grabbed the other title, do, do, does a team win once they grab one title, or could two guys from two different teams win? Has that ever been done before? We'd have to. There is a rule book out there. We would have to consult consult the rules on that because I'm not a hundred percent sure how that works. Um, but yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Next time we have uh, some, uh, you know, we, we, we got some more guests lined up soon here. We'll have to ask one of our future guests, what, what would you do in that scenario? That would probably lead to, uh, it would be appropriate for like the uh, pay-per-view before uh, and then leading to a match where you're unsure of who has the belts. But at WrestleMania, I'm glad. Glad we didn't have to deal with that this WrestleMania. Oh boy, he took that table bump square. Good stuff. Okay. All I know is if the, there was a ruling, you know, Mark Kyoto would have made the wrong decision. Yeah, Mark Kyoto. That's right. Your buddy, Mark Kyoto. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's, uh, great match. Let's transition into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. All right. So initial thoughts on this one, Jeff. It was it was just good action from start to finish, like everything happening that, you know, the whole time, like, you know, and even you and I, like we kind of, there was a few moments where we, you and I were talking where we just kind of like wanted to watch for a second. You hadn't, I, I had kind of uh, watched parts of this leading up to it, um, but it, it, everyone could hear your reaction, Tom, and just kind of some of these spots because it had been a while since you had watched the whole thing through. Yeah, I'll get into it in my payoff score, but man, that was probably slightly better than I remembered. And, and I'll, I'll just quickly tell you why. Um, it was just like a war. It wasn't a spot fest. It was just like, they just beat the hell out of each other, did some big moves, but you know, it was just nonstop. It was really, really good. So um, storyline wise, what happened following this? Yeah, so immediately after this one, you had Edge and Christian. They actually started being the heels. Uh, they were kind of like the, the comedy stuff like you and I had talked about. There's kind of the era of this a little bit. So they had used to been coming through the crowd for their entrance. And at this point, they kind of would, you know, make fun of, uh, you know, their opponents when they would come to the ring. This is where the uh, the reek of awesomeness started. And of course, too, we can't forget about the uh, uh, five-second pose that, that, you know, the uh, for the benefit of those with flash photography. That's where a lot of this was born as well too and so um they gotta love that that was classic stuff like that was the stuff you know i remember but um that's when a lot of this was happening for the two of them um and kind of have that where you know of course they'd stand in the middle of the ring so the fans could take pictures that was of course hopefully we're sitting on the hard cam side but um you know just kind of good stuff and so um, of course, kind of just making fun of their different opponents. So they actually retained the titles after this against, uh, like we had said, Degeneration X. It was X-Pac and Road Dog uh, at the next pay-per-view, which was Backlash. They feuded with a couple different uh, groups, of course. Just a weird time in wrestling, though. There was actually uh, on Raw where they dropped the titles to um, Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sexy. And so sex, it's kind it's of sex, sex, a. sex, a, sorry, I forgot. Yeah. There's an a in there. Um, and so, or a H, yeah, a, a, y. Yeah. So, uh, you kind of have that too. And so, 
but you know, just having that different thing. But they ended up winning the belts again. It was actually King of the Ring back then um, when that was still a pay per view. Uh, it was a four corners match, uh, and they ended up winning the tag titles for the second time during that one. Um, the Dudleys actually like they're big. Like I said, I think part of that was the the 3D through the tables. Um, that was a big thing for them, and them kind of always introducing tables and get the tables. I remember the you know a couple years ago now where they came back and they had the giant pop um, when they you know get the tables and so that was just fantastic but uh, this would after this if you remember there was a long period here where uh, he would power bomb which we talk about intergender or, or yeah intergender or cross gender wrestling whatever you want to call it um, that they would uh, power bomb or you know 3D women through table a lot tables a lot at this time and so uh, and some of the classics of course you had Lita you had Trish Stratus Tori Wilson Stacey Keebler all of them uh, May Young can't forget about that just all of them taking table spots and that was just a big one they feuded with um, TNA for quite a while as well too um, of course Degeneration X as well just a lot of different things kind of happening for them um, and the Hardy Boys they back and forth these guys continued to have back and forth with everybody because they were just performing at such a high level um, like you were referenced time there was a Tabor's Leto's Chairs match at SummerSlam that year um, as well as the following year he had um, yeah, all of them kind of getting involved in that one. Um, or no, that that was the uh, Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. Um, yeah, and the Dudley Boys. It was all three. That's what I'm remembering, right? Um, but then you actually had um, the... Uh, the radicals feuding with Edge and Christian for a little while too. So it was just all kinds of things uh, kind of happening, which, you know, the, the radical is why that wasn't a bigger deal at the time. It should have been with that kind of pairing that they had, but uh, that's a little different or a different conversation for a different time. But, um, you know, so a lot of, of course, we know the kind of longer term story. That was the kind of brief kind of what happened after that. Um, and so you kind of had all that happening, of course, but then, uh, and leading to the kind of, you know, tables, ladders and chair match, things like that. So just, a whole lot of good things coming from this. They continued to stay, I say, relevant and successful um, and continuing to be in the ring, doing what they were doing and just being entertaining to watch. Dude, lot, a lot to, uh, you know, this, this went on for a long time and you forget about it. I mean, the, you know, everything leading up to this, everything. And, and the fact that these teams, you know, kind of were intertwined on a weekly basis, 12 pay-per-views a year, you know, over a multi-year period is just absolutely fascinating. So, uh, really interesting. It, you know, it'd be kind of fun now if, you know, I guess you got the, well, you got the Matt Hardy, you know, involved in the Edge storyline, but you know, it'd be fun to see like a Matt Hardy Edge uh, match at some point. You know, I don't. Know. But anyways, um, I'm curious how this was received in the dirt sheets. So, what do you have for us? So, I'll start with the Pro Wrestling Torch. I'll wait to get to your buddy. Um, and so, kind of won't read you through the rundown here, but uh, they uh, kind of get into a thoroughly enjoyable athletic showcase. They actually gave it four out of five stars. Uh, they said the ladder match was an incredible stunt match. It made sense to give Edge and Christian the win as they were clearly perceived as being a notch below their opponents and need the rub of the tag titles. The Dudleys are early candidates for most improved. When they left ECW, did anyone think they would be as over as they are now? Matt Hardy stepped up and finally seen uh, and so this was a line that I figured you would appreciate because it includes your buddy. Matt Hardy stepped up and finally seemed to be his brother's equal rather than Marty, rather than the Marty Janetti of the team. And so I kind of crazy. And for those of you at home, like Tom is laughing right now because him and I, and, and you know, kind of what's happening. Um, 
I think it's crazy that back in 2000, them saying that Matt Hardy, comparing him to the Marty Jannetty of the Hardy Boys. Dude, um, it's the most, it's one of the most overused phrases in all of professional wrestling. Any tag team debuts, oh, well, that guy's the Marty Jannetty. Ah, Gallows, he's the, yeah, I mean, like, dude, it's just, it's so stupid, but whatever. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know at any era where, I mean, look, I think Jeff's probably, you know, the, the more charismatic, the, the more popular. But, dude, I mean, Matt Hardy's had an incredible career. When it's all said and done, maybe slightly less remarkable than Jeff Hardy just because of the world titles and stuff like that. But, man, they, you're going you're gonna, to – I don't know. At, at no point do I think that Matt Hardy was a distant second to Jeff. So I think it's no. actually a poor comparison. No, and I do too. And I, it's not fair. And I get Marty Jannetty gets shit on all the time, but you know, it's what it is. So, um, and then, uh, so that one was, they gave it four stars. You've got um, the Wrestling Observer on this one. Uh, they actually also gave it four stars. Um, I think one point that we can agree on here, and I thought the interesting piece of the write up here says the biggest money wrestling extravaganza of all time hardly lived up to the hype. Correct. WrestleMania 16. WrestleMania 2000, what we're talking about. The first WrestleMania that seemed to take on almost Super Bowl or Final Four level proportions as an American institution turned out like many Super Bowls with a flat crowd, been there, done that, main event, finish, ending in a disappointing match. And with the exception of the latter match, which was an amazing stunt show, interesting, they both called it that, it was probably not as good as an average episode of Raw. That's a hot. That's a hot take. That especially back then. Uh, you but. know, there, you know, it's an interesting point that I hadn't thought about. It probably really hurts this show that it's in Anaheim as opposed to Philly, Boston, Chicago, New York. You know, like a real stronghold. So I, yeah. I will say that there's something to it because the crowd, even during that match, was like, eh, kind of dull. I mean, you look at the crowd. Like I'm, I'm, I still have it on, like in the background. It just doesn't look like a great crowd. So yeah, I mean, you put, you put this in Philly and I'd like to think it would have been, you know, a little bit hotter. So that's, I think that's a, that's a fair point, right? Uh, it's in an arena in Anaheim, California, as opposed to a stadium in New York. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna make a big difference. Yeah. So I think that um, just kind of interesting the takes here. I'll kind of jump right into our scores and kind of talking about it. They each gave it four out of five. Okay. I think we can uh, the overall show. I think we can agree on. I'll give this one. I'll get. Uh, yeah, it just it, yeah, it was bad. Um, I'll give the match a seven and a half. I think that you know it was that's your payoff was, score seven and that's, a half. That's my score. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that it is. Um, it was good. I think that it did give us like kind of the iconic image with Jeff Hardy kind of swanton off the top of the ladder. Um, I wish I could give it more. I, I did appreciate the build and the kind of different back and forth. And so that did kind of give it a little bit more of a, uh, the purpose and things like that. But um, again, I think that, and I would not give it, definitely not give it any lower because it didn't feel too scripted. It didn't feel like, okay, they knew what spot they needed to get to next. We knew, of course, some of the big ones like the Swanton and the ending and things like that. That made sense. Um, but I think a lot of the other pieces, you know, I was, um, you know, not sure what was going to happen. And so I think that's why it made it good for me. So Tom, what do you got? What's your score? Slightly higher than you. So I'm actually at an eight for this. I, okay. I thought, so I don't, I mean, I think the build was good. I don't think the build 
of this storyline was incredible. I just think it was three tag teams that hated each other, which is fine. Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 that that's what I think hurts it a little bit. In terms of the actual match, dude, fast-paced, never a dull moment that wasn't gymnastics, spot monkey stuff like you see too often now. It was just a car crash Six guys beating the shit out of each other. There were some really good spots in it. Never dull, fast-paced, really liked it. So I got this one at eight, man. It was good. And, and again, I, I hadn't thought about it until, um, you know, we, you just mentioned it. I do think that the Anaheim crowd heard it. I think that with the right crowd, that this place would have been, you know, going crazy. So that's where I stand on it. But overall, really good match. Highly recommend going back and watching it. Uh, it it's worth 20 minutes of your time as you're uh, reliving WrestleMania moments here uh, this time of the year. Yeah, absolutely. That's all stuff. I have. Yeah, good stuff. Of course, as always, we appreciate everybody kind of tuning in every week and and listening to us. You know, Tom, I know the world's a little crazy right now. And Tom and I enjoy bringing this stuff to you and continuing to do this. And we will make sure we're doing that. So we had a lot of people in this match. I do want to kind of shout them out on Twitter. It's going to be a full Twitter tag when we kind of put this one out there. So um, you've got Edge and Christian. Edge, of course, uh, the big match. you got uh, at Edge rated R. Um, he's out there. Christian, he is at Christian for peeps. Uh, that's the number four and then peeps like the candy. The Hardys, of course, you got at Matt Hardy brand and at Jeff Hardy brand. Uh, Matt is crazy, or excuse me. Yeah, Matt is crazy on Twitter. Uh, he's a fantastic follow, especially with everything happening in AEW as well as uh, his wife, uh, Rebel, and the kind of family all being involved. I think they're going to go down that road again with him uh, being broken again. And so I think that's definitely something to tune into. Um, of course, at Bully Ray 5150. Make sure to tune into him as well, too. He's got his own show. Great insight, kind of what's happening in wrestling. And then you have at Testify. Devon. And so make sure to check him out as well, too. So a bunch of social media plugs for everybody. So of course, one with the best one, of course, that's us. So we're at Payoff Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we love seeing that. Uh, feel free, you know, make sure to comment. Let us know how you're feeling. We like, uh, for those of you that aren't aware, we uh, occasionally drop some uh, secret koozie mailings out to people. And so uh, we got those. So we enjoy sharing those with our fans and you, you all being able to uh, show those off and kind of share with your friends as well, too. So um, we'll get that stuff out to you. So Tom, any kind of uh, final thoughts you testify what do you got here buddy no i just appreciate everyone following the payoff on the ladder to success uh, uh, <laughs> it was the nonchalant delivery got me buddy that was good uh, snuck it in there <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs> good job as uh, always thank you for joining us on the payoff <laughs>